Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. And it is Bruce Plankett in for Mike Smith. And I'm just reaching for my moderator's hat because we do have a interesting debate of sorts coming up in the next few minutes. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's interesting because the two guests that we have and knowing a bit about both of them, uh, they're very smart. They're very well-researched and very passionate people. Uh, they know their stuff when it comes to any topic that they ever tackle. But this, is, this one is so divisive when it comes to both their opinions, but for people on the whole. What I'm talking about is a ruling from the Supreme Court of B.C. back in the first uh, week of this month. When a judge ruled against a Vancouver woman whose face was bitten by a friend's dog at a dinner party. And the judge found that the dog owners could not have known that the animal would attack and thus were not negligent. That was the ruling. The judge found the owners of the dog um, were not required to pay any damages to the victim because of that lack of negligence. But this also comes amongst many other stories we've all heard about pit bulls as a breed over the years and various different attacks. Uh, Not the only breed, but uh, it begs the obvious question, is there a need for stricter rules when it comes to dangerous dogs, bylaws? Well, supporting that, uh, that call would be Bill Thielman, who uh, does believe that there is a need for stricter dangerous dog laws and even goes as far as supporting a pit bull breed uh, ban, a ban on the breed of pit bulls. You know, that's uh, that's quite a stance. On the other side, there's Rebecca Bretter, who is an animal rights lawyer, well-researched. That's her bread and butter is uh, representing the rights of animals and those who have owned the animals and does not believe that there is a uh, a need for such a ban on the breed whatsoever. Um, well, good morning to both of you. I, I think I've set this up and I'm hesitating a little bit because I know both of you uh, do know your stuff, but I'm hoping that you're going to be respectful in here, but uh, let your passion come out. Well, thanks so much for that very kind introduction, Bruce. I really appreciate it. But let me just clarify that lawsuit that you were just talking about, the recent one that came out. Uh, that had nothing actually to do with the pit bull breed. The dog in question was had nothing to do with even having a mix of a pit bull. So just, just to clarify that. But somehow this turned into a pit bull debate. So here we are. Okay. Uh, Bill Tillman, good morning to you. Morning, Bruce. Morning, Rebecca. Uh, when it comes down to dogs, pit bulls or not, uh, I think what we end up talking about is dangerous dogs. Uh, is it not, Bill? It is uh, definitely, Bruce. But unfortunately, the situation is, uh, and the latest statistics that I've uh, researched, uh, 62 Americans killed by dogs 
three Canadians killed by dogs in 2022, and pit bulls were responsible for killing 41 of those 65 uh, people who lost their lives thanks to dog attacks. And uh, we regularly see this. We've seen it, and, and Rebecca and I have debated it before. Uh, we regularly see serious pit bull attacks here in British Columbia, sometimes fatalities. Uh, we'll have a debate. Um, I'm afraid politicians are afraid of this issue completely, but not uh, in here in British Columbia and Vancouver, but not elsewhere. Winnipeg has had a ban on pit bull breeds for ages. Uh, the U.S. military, if you can believe it, Bruce, a place where a military bases, a place where people carry guns around, bans pit bulls as pets. You're not allowed to have a pet on a military base anywhere in the United States because they're too dangerous. And the stats show why. It's it's overwhelmingly pit bulls when you look at the fatalities, attacks. And that's not just, but those are fatalities on human beings, uh, often children and the elderly. But the, we also see a number, large numbers of, of smaller dogs killed by pit bulls because the, the, this is a breed that's bred to fight and kill, and that's, that's what they've done over generations and generations of breeding. And so that's the reason why I say this, is a, this particular breed is one that really is too dangerous to, to have out in the public. Okay, Rebecca. Well, I'd love to challenge uh, the statistics that Bill is mentioning and where he gets them from. And, and I believe he gets them from an organization called DogsBite.org, which is basically an American-based lobby group run by an attack victim whose only agenda is to ban what it considers to be dangerous breeds, including pit bulls. So I get, I'll get to that in a moment. But the two main reasons why I'm absolutely against banning the pit bull breed is, one, it's unenforceable, and two, it's because it's based on fear-mongering, unreliable data. And I'll explain what I mean by that. The reason why it's unenforceable is because, and I'll give you an example. Let's say the Burnaby are one of the cities close to us, right, for those who who aren't totally aware of our Tri-City or uh, Metro Vancouver. Uh, Burnaby is a suburb, and it has breed-specific Uh, legislation that tries to restrict the pit bull breed. And what it says is that it defines the vicious dog as a Staffordshire Terrier, an American pit bull, or any dog that is generally recognized as a pit bull or pit bull terrier and includes a mixed breed with predominantly pit bull characteristics. Well, what the heck does that mean? Is that a bull mastiff? Is that an English bulldog? Or how about a boxer mixed with lab? It just saying that something looks like something else, in my view, is a very, very poor basis for a law. And what we do know is that the UK banned, I'll give you another example, UK banned pit bulls in 1991. However, the number of people admitted into emergency rooms for treatment of bite wounds remained actually the same following the ban. And this is coming from peer-reviewed scientific data which means that it was scrutinized for proper analysis, methodology, and conclusions. Similar thing for, actually for Ontario, I'm not aware of any scientific peer review data on that. Ontario has a pen on pit bulls, but I'm not aware of any reliable scientific studies that show that dog bites have gone down. So all that to say that, first of all, BSL, breed-specific legislation, is unenforceable. It's too general. Now, the more, I think the more important part to all of this is that when we're debating this issue, we need to get the facts and the true evidence out there, not from some lobby group that has an agenda. But let's look at at what do scientists say, those who have actually published in peer-reviewed journals. And there are a number of them. There's actually a very recent one from last year in 2022 published in Science Journal, where it, it determined that breed does not predict behavior. They surveyed 
over 18,000 dogs of different breeds, and they sequenced the DNA of over 2,100 dogs. And what did they find? The breed offers little predictive value for individual dogs. The American Veterinary Medical Association, these are veterinarians, in 2014 published, again, in peer-reviewed scientific journal that breed does not predict behavior. And, and for, for similar reasons as this recent one. And the main reason there was that the, the reason why breed doesn't predict behavior is because there is, although, you know, there are some traits that overall may be similar within a breed, there is so much variation within okay. a breed. Let's hold it there, Rebecca Bretter, and I, uh, I'm not going to be uh, holding everything exactly to time, but I'm going to try to keep it in my head because, uh, you know, I'm just not following any rules here. But uh, <laughs> but but I'm going to do my best here. Um, Bill Thielman, uh, some very good points there. What do you say about that and about the research and uh, the lobby group and the numbers and where they're coming from? Well, there's, there's tons of research, and in fact, I'm looking at a different website, animals24-7.org, which also does but both that and dog, dogbites.org, they actually document these attacks with media reports. So they'll, they'll report, if CKNW or the Vancouver Sun reports a, a pit bull attack, they'll cite that, they'll have a link for it. So anybody can go to those websites, read these horrific stories. And <clears throat> the facts of the matter are, uh, dogbites.org did a, a very long piece of research, 15 years from 2005 to 2019, 521 Americans died from dog bite injuries. 66.4% were from pit bulls, 346 deaths. Um, not involving pit by Rottweilers were another 9.8%. Uh, the, the, a number that were not involved, either different breeds or uh, in, unclear or different breeds that involved were, were 24.8%. But it's, it's really clear, pit bulls, Rottweilers, and after that there's, some, there's a few cases of Huskies and, and American Bulldogs, German Shepherd, mixed breed. But overwhelmingly, 66.5%, uh, it's pit bulls. And if you want to, you know, you can argue those, but this, these are cases that have been documented by the media, been reported by the media. And so I think it's pretty obvious And when you see, as I said before, U.S. military bases, uh, Rebecca mentioned Ontario as well, Winnipeg, which I think has banned them since 1990. Uh, they haven't done that for no reason. If it, if it didn't work, uh, number one. Number two, it just beggars the imagination because anybody who sees a pit bull attack has seen reports of it knows pit bulls have a disproportionate level of violence they have some of those powerful jaws short of a shark um uh, in the world and they cause enormous damage look, look at some of the reports of orthopedic surgeons who've talked about children with their scalps bitten off with arms and legs missing um, not to mention the fatalities just the horrific level of violence that a pit bull attack does and so you know i don't maybe, maybe rebecca and i can find some common ground on measures that would at least minimally have pit bulls um, muzzled in public and, and severely licensed in a way that they could not run free. Because the latest case I have saw, and I think I sent it to you, a terrible case in July in Calgary, an 86-year-old woman in her garden attacked by two random pit bulls raging in, or sorry, three, I should say, raging in and uh, killing this poor woman, 86 years old, minding her own business, and they come flying in and attack her for no apparent reason, which is another common element of pit bull attacks. We've had it over and over. We had another one where 21 people injured in Missouri um, in a schoolyard, 
three teachers and, and 18 kids, again, playing in the playground, and these pit bulls rage in and just cause mayhem on the schoolyard. Okay, so sorry, these things keep happening, and, and Rebecca can say there's yeah. no bad dogs and they're not dangerous, but they keep injuring and killing and maiming people. Okay, no, let's let Rebecca not. jump in here, and then we're, we're going to have a lot of calls on this. I know that, so sure. I want to have a chance to get to the calls and then take some uh, calls from people. Rebecca. Sure. I'm not saying that there aren't any bad dogs. There are good dogs and bad dogs within any breed. But let's just be clear. This dogsbite.org organization that Bill keeps getting his statistics and evidence from, the way this group research is, the way they do their research is they, like Bill said, they comb through news and media reports to show, to try to show that pit bull attacks are at higher rates. So they basically just go through media reports and then present those media reports as quote unquote studies or statistics. Personally, when I try, if I were to take, let's say, a case like this to court where I'm debating a pit bull ban, I would be a negligent lawyer if I based my facts and my evidence on an organization like dogsbite.org, that's a lobby group. Instead, I would be presenting evidence that's based on facts presented and put together by scientists who have scrutinized each other and have published reports in peer-reviewed journals. And so when it comes to things like biting power, what, what essentially Bill was getting at, like that pit bulls have this enormous biting power. Sure, they're strong. I'll give them that much. But what, what actual to, Canadian Veterinary Journal, just as an example, in 2008, came out with a study. Again, peer-reviewed evidence, not some organization that's putting together some media reports. And what they found, they analyzed dog bites uh, related to human deaths in Canada between 1990 and 2007. 28 people reported killed during that time. Only one of those involved a pit bull. Bruce Plankett in for Mike Smith. And we've been talking with Bill Thielman, president of Westar Communications, and Rebecca Bretter, who's an animal rights lawyer. Two people on two different sides of the question of whether there should be a ban on pit bulls. Got a number of phone calls. We'll try to keep all the phone calls to 30 seconds or less, and we'll still not get through all of them. And we'll start with Bill because uh, he had uh, he was in need of the next response to this. But let's go to Vancouver's Pat. Pat, what do you think? Should there be a ban on pit bulls? I'm allowed to own a firearm in this country, but I cannot own a fully automatic submachine gun. The reason I can't is because they're so dangerous. So we ban certain types of guns because they're so dangerous. And we and I... Oh, you kind of uh, went there, but I think we know what we're getting at. Bill, that's kind can. of your argument, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. There's There's some dogs that are just... You wouldn't walk around... Uh, go hunting with a with a machine gun or something because it's way too dangerous and and uh, part of the problem though is that it's hard to know with pit bulls not every single one of them is absolutely going to attack somebody but we've seen way too many cases of a family pet attack a child uh, just because the the pit bull went uh, off its rocker basically and attacked a, a young kid. Rebecca and, Bretter, and so what these uh, are with trusted family the, pets. The sure. pet wasn't abused. It's not a rescue dog. It's not trained to do that. But it's just in the breed. Rebecca, Again, I, I, yeah, I really question where Bill is getting these these numbers from because where I'm getting these numbers is from peer reviewed scientific data. So there are two studies from UBC, 2005, actually there are more, but two under, like, just from top of mind, 2005 and 2018, again, published in Canadian Veterinary Journal or, and in the Animal Welfare Journal. And what they say is that breed and the pit bull specifically is not a predictor 
for dog bites. They reviewed data, as an example, one of these data from the city of Calgary, which is meticulous with keeping records on dog bites. And what they found is that 17% of the reported dog bites were German shepherds versus only 5% uh, were involving pit bulls. We're only going to get a chance to have one more phone call in. Let's keep it very tight. Nancy in New West, what do you think? I think that um, dogs are like people. They have different temperaments. You really have to watch the way they were brought up. I met my first pit bull before I heard the stories about how nasty they could be. The only thing vicious about that dog was his tail. Uh, He was absolutely loving and kind, but when my brother-in-law picked him out, he picked the most gentle puppy in the litter, and he was well-trained. I have a uh, pit bull living across the street, the gentlest dog you could ever imagine. I grew up next to a rather, or not grew up next to a huge dog, but my next-door neighbor had a huge dog. That dog responded to hand signals. Okay, Nancy, I appreciate that. Uh, Nancy in New Westminster and all the other people who tried to phone in. As you can see, emotions are high, experiences uh, vary from person to person.